This is The Adam Ritz Show, a public affairs talk show touching on community, health, foundations, and more. The Adam Ritz Show is underwritten by Vibonomics, an audio out-of-home advertising marketplace and audio experience company. Info at Vibonomics.com. And now, from the Vibonomics studios, please welcome your public affairs radio host, Adam Ritz. And away we go. Uh, Ending October, sailing into November. This is the Adam Ritz Show. I'm your host, Adam Ritz. Jay Baker joining me on the telephone. Hey, Jay, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm in a fall frame of mind. Yeah, this has been uh, a really nice month. Uh, October has been fantastic. The weather was so uh, almost hot uh, during the first couple of weeks of October. Then we've Nicely, at least in our part of the country. I know uh, down south it's still hot, but uh, in the northern half of America, we're seeing some colder temperatures at night and the leaves have turned. It's a great time of year for sure as we head into November. Uh, I wanted to start the show with uh, a story I found, uh, and I am biased, I'll admit it. It's from my alma mater, Purdue University. So if you'll uh, forgive me for bringing up uh, a charity event that's happening uh, at Purdue at the fraternity of Beta Theta Pi, they just raised $86,000 to benefit the Purdue Cancer Research Center. Eighty-six grand with wow. a single-day event. They, uh, you know, I, I wanted to bring this up to ask you if you'd ever been involved with something like this. It's called Buzz a Beta. Buzz a beta, where uh, they're raising money by shaving people's heads. They are, you know, with the the shears. They're buzzing. It's a complete (laughs) buzz cut. And um, the picture I have, I'm going to post to the story. It's awesome because this kid has real thick, full hair. I mean, um, it's the kind of hair, if he he didn't get a haircut for a year, it would look like a hedge. (laughs) And, yeah. and he's got it. He's got the buzz cut like they started on the top. So it's almost he almost looks like Bozo the Clown. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, he buzzed his head for a great cause. Again, eighty six thousand dollars to benefit the Purdue Cancer Research Center. So have you ever ha- had some sort of haircut or uh, hair um, malfunction for charity? You know, I, I have never thought about doing it. Uh, that's a big step, as you know. Uh, most people are not super comfortable with seeing themselves with no hair. You probably know that. That's why this is such a big, big, you know, commitment from those that undergo the shearing. Well, I'll tell you, I had um, uh, in the old days, this was over 20 years ago, when I used to work in um, modern rock radio. I hosted a Mullets for Charity event with a, uh, a member of uh, um, a professional athlete from the NFL. So he uh, came on board with me to benefit his charity. Uh, I believe it was for pediatric cancer awareness. And we did Mullets for Charity and invited people on the air. Uh, we did the show from a barbershop, and we had people come in. Uh, we encouraged people with long hair to come in. And we gave them a spiked haircut on the top and left, uh, you know, the mullet in the back. It was all business up front, party in the back. And I prepared for this event by letting my hair grow out. And I had longer hair back then anyway. And I had the most wonderful 
uh, mullet, I think, of my life. And this was in like 2001. <laughs> and my last, my last mullet was like in 1986 when I was in high school. And the deal was that like you had, like I was dare, I was challenged and dared that I had to wear the mullet for an entire week. Um, I believe he, the NFL player, said he he would have given, you know, he gave a four figure check as long as I wore the mullet for a week. And the very next night, we were backstage broadcasting live at the Green Day concert. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm interviewing Billy Joe Armstrong from Green Day, and I've got the most spectacular mullet you've ever seen. And he he thought he. We talked about it. He's like, I didn't know if you were a hillbilly, uh, if I was in a time warp. <laughs> I had no idea. And I, so I had to explain to him that I did it for charity, and, I, and the deal was I had to wear it for a week. Uh, seven days later, I cut the back off. I couldn't take it. You uh, couldn't take it no, any longer. No. But, uh, yeah, haircuts for charities, always a good event. Uh, you know, your hair will grow back, so don't be afraid to uh, join Locks of Love or Mullets for Charity or Buzz a Beta or whatever you can do to, to cut your hair to raise money for cancer research and awareness. So our hat's off to the Beta Theta Pi chapter at Purdue University for raising $86,000 for Purdue Cancer Research. This is the Adam Ritz Show, and uh, what we do here is we talk about public affairs, community service, philanthropy, charities, and uh, health and fitness, anything really that can hopefully make our lives better if we all chip in and and do the work. And uh, Jay Baker always joins me to talk about some really cool stuff. What do you got this week, Jay? Well, this week, you know, I wish I could give a more sweeping endorsement for Rush Out and get your favorite... uh, fast food, but we've always talked about you really have to have even the good stuff in absolute moderation. You can't just suddenly decide, hey, I'm going to eat 500 pounds of carrots a day. Believe it or not, that's not particularly good for you. But there's a new survey that says that there are uh, folate chemicals. They're called in the chemical world the everywhere chemical. They're part of the chemical chain that makes plastics, and they have presented themselves in a variety of processed foods, but they've showed up especially in fast food. So here's basically what you have to look for. You know, once again, uh, and it makes sense, you know, we have so much we have so many plastic containers that a small amount of plastic is going to find its way into your food chain. But uh, what their concern is there's higher amounts in fast food. So eating a moderate amount of fast food is probably not dangerous, but scientists are a bit concerned uh, that what may happen if you start to eat more uh, fast food more often because this these particular chemicals uh, may disrupt the hormonal activity in the human body. So that's the great concern. Much of our good health is tied into great chemical balance and good hormones. So yes, be aware that when you're eating too much fast food, you might not be doing yourself a favor. Now, is too much... Um... Like, let's say you went to breakfast every morning sure. at Taco Bell, and then for lunch you had Taco Bell. Is that, uh, <laughs> is that too much? Because I actually work, you know, we, we work with a guy at the radio station that does that. 
asking for a friend. Yeah, we uh, we have a very close friend who really enjoys his Taco Bell. This story would be very alarming for him. Sometimes when he wants to shake it up, he'll go to breakfast at Hardee's wow. and, th- and then have lunch at Hardee's. <laughs> that is shaking it up, isn't it? Is that too much? Uh, that, you know, we don't know what too much might be. I do. You know, I agree. Everything in moderation. Uh, I am a. I'm as guilty as anybody, especially uh, in the old days of eating too much fast food. We called it DJ food. Uh, when you yes. worked at a radio station, you were just you're always on the way into the studio. Um, you were probably maybe running late. You've procrastinated. Uh, let's face it, if you're a radio DJ, you probably didn't uh, have the organizational skills to get a better job, so you were running late for sure, and you just ran through some fast food joint and got a big bag of grease. Uh, here in my later life, yeah, for sure, I've cut back on fast food. Uh, I believe I would fall into the moderation category. In fact, I can't even remember the last time I had it. So once, twice sure. a month is when I go. Uh, but, but, you know, I certainly used to go once, twice a day. That's probably too (laughs) much. (laughs) No, you're probably right. And it is funny during a urinized radio heyday, uh, that was considered a five-star dining, you know, bag full of fast food. Oh yeah. And if you ever had a promotion with said restaurant, they would always provide uh, a table full of goodies, uh, for you to try (laughs) and talk about while you were doing your show. They wanted to make sure you knew that the product was very tasty and you should chat about it. So chemicals in fast food, uh, not enough to be alarming uh, if you eat in moderation, but certainly something to think about if you're eating uh, fast food every day. Yes. If you're in the drive through line right now, please stay in place, go up, get your order. Uh, just maybe not have four meals today from fast food might All be right. a good start. Got it. (laughs) Uh, A new survey looks at stress-related COVID-19 issues. Now, we've talked a little bit about this because Mm -hmm. everybody everywhere is dealing with a a few things with COVID. And there has been some concern about what some of the long-term mental health difficulties might be. This is not uh, super scary, but it kind of shows a trend that's happening. Because of the stress and uncertainty of COVID-19, they have found that it is affecting some people's ability to make decisions. And those decisions may be life decisions or, you know, hey, what kind of car am I going to buy? What kind of apartment am I, you know, so the decision-making process can either be sort of simple or profound. And they are saying that it is affecting millennials to a greater degree than other age groups. I can uh, connect with that. I, my kids certainly get they get very worked up. They are 19 and 23 years old, and they uh, they get stressed out about things. Where yes. I don't know if it's my generation X, where we can just roll with the punches more. Uh, maybe maybe growing up without. The news cycle and social media in our faces every second of every day is, uh, you know, that's I, I'm, I certainly lean more towards that now, even in today's current uh, society. I, I, you know, I look at Facebook and, and Twitter and uh, the internet every day, but I don't look at it every second, and that probably adds to the stress. Yeah, and so I thought that was interesting. So as we bring these topics up. 
you know, it kind of goes without saying you should share your feelings with others. You know, obviously you don't want to burden your friends and family, but make sure you stay in contact with people and let people sort of be aware if you are dealing with some anxiety or some decision making issues. A couple of uh, celebrities in the news, uh, one of them very well known, Hugh Grant. Uh, he just donated 10,000 pounds. And you and I have always said 10,000 pounds of what? <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but we like you, Grant, a lot because uh, Adam looks like you, Grant. And we've always felt like that if you, Grant, needed a stunt double for a film, perhaps jumping out of a helicopter or something, that I would sign my good friend Adam up for it. Uh, yeah, I'm a Hugh Grant lookalike. <laughs> uh, I, I look like a distant cousin. Maybe not twins. Yes, but, you do. Um, if you If you saw me uh, from 100 feet away, you might say, that looks like Hugh Grant's less attractive like cousin. His <laughs> taller, less attractive cousin. There you go. Uh, you Grant just donated ten thousand pounds to charity. It's uh, a charity known as Defer, Disabled and Elderly Plumbing and Heating Emergency Repair, and this is a big uh, philanthropic concern in England, which is of course where You Grant hails from, and it was part of their winter fundraiser and the. Uh, head of Defer just happened to look through uh, the contributions and notice there was one from you grant. And he thought, surely that can't be the you grant, but it turned out it was. So thank you. You <laughs> grant for doing that. I Somebody's going to have good plumbing. I might have to match his uh, donation to see if anybody goes, Hey, is that that guy that looks like you grant? <laughs> that guy. Absolutely. Defer, okay. Uh, plumbing, heating, uh, emergency. What does Defer stand for again? Spell, spell that out for It stands for dis disabled. So it's D E P H E R and it's disabled and elderly plumbing and heating emergency repair. Okay, I'm writing this down. I want to get this right. Uh, I'm definitely going to look this up. Uh, sure. Okay. And yeah, Any, you know, and that they'd welcome a donation from anyone. So it, that's that's not a bad idea. Well, it's a great, uh, you know, not only if you if you don't do the pounds conversion, the monetary conversion or don't uh, want to donate uh, across the pond, um, to a to an English uh, charity, it's certainly a great reminder that we've got similar tra charities right here in uh, America, in your hometown, wherever you're listening to this show. There is a heating uh, emergency fund. I know on my own gas bill, when I pay the gas bill every month, there's a little thing at the bottom that, that you can check if you want to donate a couple extra bucks to the emergency heating fund to pay for gas for some less fortunate people. You have also got the uh, the charities for uh, space heaters, safe space heaters, the the older ones, the the electric coil ones. Some of those, uh, you know, so many tragedies over the winter from people having fires from unsafe. Uh, heating elements. So if you can uh, purchase uh, a new safe, um, you know, tested uh, space heater that you can donate to some shelters, that's something to think about as well. Yeah, it's a great idea. And we do urge people not only to think about charity, as Adam was saying, for those that are less fortunate, but I think this year we are looking at expanded costs for uh, heating in general. I think electricity and natural gas are going to be a little more expensive this year. Yep. Now, here's a gentleman. You would have thought I made this up. Sometimes you hear me say something and you go, surely you made that up. 
This gentleman is a poker philanthropist, and yes, there are poker philanthropists. Okay. <laughs> His name is Gershon Destenfeld. He made it big on Wall Street and decided that he loved playing poker. One of the things that he wanted to do, uh, he wanted to win the World Series of Poker. So he actually went into training with a friend of his who was extraordinary at poker, spent about a year and a half playing with professionals, and just this year won the World Series of Poker. Now, you'll love this. He already said up front he was going to give every penny he won from the World Series of Poker to charity. He ended up donating $204,063 to charity. That's awesome. That was his winnings it from the awesome. World Series of Poker? Yeah. He, um, as I said, became a somewhat well-to-do uh, from uh, working on Wall Street always was very interested in poker. His wife basically told him, look, uh, you and I are dedicated to charity. Uh, go out, uh, live your dream of becoming a great poker player. And World Series of Poker is really kind of like the pinnacle of professional poker. He wins and donates literally every penny to a charity. Now, I know you're going to ask me what charity. I looked all over and couldn't find it. Well, as long as it's charity, that's, uh, that's yes. all we care about. Uh, you know, Yeah, it's, it's a legit charity, and he's a legit guy. But it did, it, I thought to myself, the article went way too much into poker and way too little into charity other than he had given the money. He sounds like, with that name, like he could be a villain in a James Bond movie. <laughs> Gershon Destinfield. Well, what he does is he steals all of Bond's money, gives it to charity, and then, you know, just laughs in Bond's face during the movie. He doesn't even need to act. If they got him in a Bond movie, he wouldn't even have to act in the poker scene. <laughs> he could just sit at the he poker. Wouldn't. He wouldn't. He'd know when to fold him and know when to hold him. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, I'm going to run this by you because by the time you hear this show, most likely – Halloween will be over, but Halloween movies are kind of a sensation this time of year. And I did a little searching around because uh, Adam is a huge movie buff, and it'll be interesting to see what your thought processes are on some of the research I did. All right, I'm ready. According to, according to Rotten Tomatoes, which many people use as somewhat of a scale of you know, these are certainly the most popular films, either from people that have viewed them or critics themselves. Per their weighted uh, responses, this is their top five scary movies of all time. Okay. The, fir the first two are from director Jordan Peele. The first one is Us from 2019. And the second one is Get Out from 2017. Now, more people have probably seen the film Get Out than us, but I'm not sure if you're familiar with either one of them. Oh, yeah, I've seen both of them. They're fantastic films. Um, I they would are say, scary, scary. Uh, us is, uh, is more frightening than Get Out. Okay. Um, but, but I wouldn't have uh, either one of those movies on a top five horror film list those movies well, are more to me they're more uh thriller more adventure more thriller, thriller drama yeah. drama than uh you know there were some frightening parts and a lot of death and mayhem for sure uh you know i can see how they do 
dip into the horror genre, but I, they, they don't, um, I don't know if they're straight horror for me. Well, that's why I wanted to run this by you. Cause I know you are the horror film aficionado. Uh, number three cabinet of that Dr. Caligari from 1920. This was considered to be the first horror film. And the quote was, it still holds up. I never even heard of it. I am 0 yeah. for 3 on this uh, top 5 list so far. Uh, although I always uh, respect the uh, you know the classics. So if this was c- considered the very first horror film from the 1920s, uh, yeah, I've got to take a look at this. Got to definitely check that one out. Number 4 is A Quiet Place, which was do- directed by John Krasinski, featured his wife Emily Blunt from 2018. Not on my list. And Invisible Man, 2020. Uh, you know, this list s- just sucks. <laughs> well, there you go. I, I'm just putting it out there because this is what our research department has given us. Um, I knew you'd be critical, and I do have two other categories. I have IMDb's category, and then to sum it all up in a great way, I have considered the five best family ones that you could watch there that you could potentially watch with the older kids in your household okay yeah yeah let's get to the family list uh but first do the uh, the imdb list okay imdb list feels that and this is a weighted score from metascore and once again you and i were both uh, impressed and foiled by technology so metascore is kind of a technology weighted device they felt that the number one horror film was Halloween Kills, which was the latest in the Halloween installments, the uh, Jamie Lee Curtis one. You know, I did see it. It's not good. Ah, it is not good. So, it's see, you there know what? You go if you if you made a list of the top five Halloween movies that Jamie Lee Curtis is in, Halloween Kills wouldn't be on that list. Ah. Well, there you go. They also put a new one on, which I saw the other day and is ultra creepy. It's called Night Teeth. It is from, uh, it's uh, currently streaming on Netflix. It's about a guy that is driving a limo to make ends meet and accidentally picks up uh, some very interesting passengers. Night Teeth. Okay, I did see that uh, on on Netflix as a uh, you know a trailer. I didn't watch the trailer, but it just you know how the trailers rotate. Uh, it popped yes. up and started to play, and I saw the title and thought I thought it was a great title, Night Teeth. Yeah, okay, it looks pretty pretty creepy. According to IMDb, number three on their list is the original Halloween from 1978. Classic. Number four on their list, and once again, this is a Metascore-weighted one. I happen to see this one. The movie is called The Trip, and I would tell you it is definitely a trip. It's unlike any other film you've ever seen, and it's both scary and bloody. So I'm not – no spoilers, but it's it's very scary. Okay, The Trip. I hadn't even heard of that one. Is that a streaming service that only, one, or that, what was that? That one is that one's Netflix as well. Okay, fairly new film. It's got Numi Rapace in it, the uh, girl that played, uh, or I shouldn't say the girl, the actress who portrayed the girl with the dragon tattoo in the famous films. Okay, and their number five film is Scream. 
Uh, there's a couple different versions of Scream. We mostly know the one with Nev Campbell and Courtney Cox, and they did do a Scream reboot. But Scream was number five on IMDb's list. And I'm sure open to your criticism, Adam, and, and I would open it to your criticism because I would accept your top five any day of the week because I think you're a connoisseur. Well, not knowing the topic or the or what we were discussing here, just my top of head thoughts on these two lists are: uh, Scream isn't in the top five. I, I consider Scream a comedy, uh, ah. and I'm not even talking about the Wayans Brothers parody versions of Scream, which are obviously comedies. But uh, Scream with David Arquette and Courtney Cox and Neve Campbell, those were sort of comedy horrors, weren't they? Well, anytime you have David Arquette in a film, you know, the potential for it to be critiqued is not one of the best ever. Is The door has been flung open. And then uh, my next gut reaction to this list is I don't know how you can't have any of the films from the Insidious franchise and or The Conjuring. Those films create yeah, nightmares ab- with anyone who watches them. <laughs> you're absolutely right about Insidious. You kind of turned me on to Insidious and even suggested, hey, you need to watch them in order. And, well, and I, thanks to you, I had nightmares. I will tell you, I, Insidious Part 1 and Part 2, watch them back-to-back, and I will argue anybody that Insidious Part 2 might be the best sequel in cinematic history. Not, not the best horror sequel, just the best sequel, uh, how they tie in every little detail from part one. It, it is truly amazing. Yeah, it is very well done and extremely frightening. Now, if you have family members, because let's say you're slightly youngish but not quite adult children, want to watch some movies, but you still want to be able to get them to go to bed at night, uh, there is a brand-new release. Uh, this is uh, number five on the list so we'll start with this it's a movie called the house with a clock in its walls jack black it's a fun movie yeah it's a brand new film kind of scary but not so scary your kids can't go to sleep number four on this list is goosebumps the film from 2015 Mm -hmm. the adams family the sort of the latest version that's a little more cartoonish i don't know if you've seen it it, it looks like uh oh yeah pixar sort of no, yeah not, kind not, of a pixar Adams it's family. certainly animated the, the the sequel is out currently uh the original came out maybe what two three years ago yeah and then they also said if you wanted to see a more cinematic adam's family either the original Adams Family film or Adams Family Values from the 1990s was a pretty good choice for those, kids. Those were great. My kids were, you know, six, seven, eight years old when those movies came out. And we, every Halloween, we watched Adams Family and Adams Family Values. Those were great oh, movies, yeah. great Halloween movies for kids. And so that's a good endorsement. Little Monsters, believe it or not. I'm not super familiar with this film, but it was from 1989. It's a Fred Savage movie. Uh, And they said that the monsters initially are a little scary, and then you find out, no, monsters are fun. Okay. That rings a bell. (laughs) And then uh, number one on this list is a fairly new film from 2021. It's called Night Books, and it's based on a 
top-selling young adult novel of the same name, and it's extremely good and suitable for family viewing. Well, there you go. As uh, you celebrate uh, here, as we enter November, you might, uh, the first week of November anyway, you'll still have some Halloween decorations up in your house and maybe hit a haunted houses go till the follow the first weekend in November. And maybe you're still celebrating. So there's your top five uh, favorite Halloween family movies to be able to watch with your children. Jay, we got about Absolutely. a minute and a half left, 90 seconds here. Uh, what can we look forward to coming up here in November? Well, in November, of course, we have our famous winter driving show on the Adam Ritz Show. And even Adam, who really knows how to floor it in the wintertime, was surprised and amazed by many of these uh, hints that will uh, amaze and astound you and help you get around this holiday season. People because have been we asking, want you to be safe. They've been asking me, hey, when's your uh, winter safety tip, <laughs> uh, driving tips uh, show? Winter safety driving tips. Yes. And believe it or not, one of them is not when it's super icy, floor it. That is a, that's uh, the first tip. That was one of our tips. We found we had to remove it because uh, it caused injury. Yes. So we had to stop. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, in the wintertime, we've got some great awareness things coming up. And we're always appreciative of all those that uh, enjoy the Adam Rich Show and turn to it for its never-ending uh, fountain of wisdom. Well, we'll also, uh, I know we'll be talking about the drumstick dashes and turkey trots, a lot of 5Ks coming up with Thanksgiving uh, for charity. Most, of, most, if not all, of the drumstick dashes benefit uh, some sort of food bank or um, uh, Thanksgiving meal for the needy or the hungry. We'll talk more about that coming up here in the next month. Uh, for now, I'm Adam Ritz. Thank you, Jay Baker, for joining me. You can uh, hear this show in podcast form and all of our recent shows on our website, adamritzshow.com. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live in studio at the Vibonomics Worldwide Headquarters. Learn more about the Vibonomics Audio Out-of-Home Marketplace at Vibonomics.com. For information on this broadcast, including past on-demand episodes, interview submissions, and syndication contacts, visit AdamRitzShow.com.